0: What's happening, everybody? Ryan Thomas here live on the Crowd Assist Podcast. This is a very special episode. This is a very big deal. This is a day that will change train wreck sports forever. I said it on Instagram and I said it on Twitter. Me, myself, and I, Ryan Thomas, joined by Kevin Masari, each and every week as we dive into the biggest storyline surrounding the Buffalo Bills and the biggest storyline surrounding the National Football League. So let's get right to it. This podcast is presented by Trainwreck Sports and sponsored by Picasso's Pizza. Folks, if you need any takeout orders during this crazy time, you know where to go. Picasso's has several locations around western New York. They are the spot to order, especially pizza. They got the best pizza in my opinion. So that being said, Kevin, thank you for joining me and, and let's get started
1: absolutely great to be here um yeah you know, it's been been crazy times for everyone right now so it's good to, to to be able to give back um some some football and bills content to everybody right now during uh these times when uh, we need it the most so it's cool to start this cool to get this 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 going again um right. being train wreck official bills podcast um it's been a long time coming so so it's looking
0: forward to it. Yeah, definitely. And as you said, I mean, what better way to kind of allow people to take their minds off of all the stuff that's going on right now than to put out some content for the sports fans out there. Whether you're a Buffalo Bills fan or a football fan, this podcast will definitely be one uh, that you will enjoy. So with that being said, uh, we're going to dive into the subject matter. We are still in the thick of things as far as NFL free agency goes. There's been plenty of dominoes that have fallen, but there are still some high quality free agents out there, Kevin. Um, as far as a high quality free agent in your eyes, who do you see as one of those one of those big names that pops out at you?
1: I mean, I guess Brian. The funny part is, big name is relative at this stage, but there are some definitely some some names that really do jump out to me. There's been kind of a second tier flurry starting, maybe. Today, uh, between you know quarterback signings and a couple of other things happening around the league, but obviously you know if you're going to start at the top, you got guys like Jadevian Clowney and Everson Griffin. Are the bills in the market right now for a pass rusher? One, I, I don't think so. Um, so um, those would be like the immediate names that jump out. But there's some some edge rushers that I still do like down the list. Uh, Ezekiel and Ezekiel Anzah, uh got a day like last year, Gibbon ball Sheared. Um, so there's still some names there. Clay Matthews was just recently released. I don't know what's gonna happen with him. Charles Suggs if they wanna you know, so those two names are gonna be more of that veteran present, so there's some good names still on the market if they want to go that edge-rusher route. Whether it's a trade-out for Trent Murphy or not, um, they, they can definitely go that edge-rusher route. And then cornerbacks, I mean, you still got some Jimmy Smith just signed back to Baltimore recently, but you still do have a couple of other guys there um, that are worthy. You know, Logan Ryan's holding out for some money. Prince of Mukamara is a guy that could fit here. Um, you know, Nikel Roby Coleman's a guy we know. Ronald Darby's a guy we know. Um, Brandon Carr's been a good cornerback in this league. Tremaine Johnson's had his down year, Jonathan uh, joseph too so there's some cornerback names that could make a rehabilitation here in buffalo and i'm not counting out qb2 ryan i don't think that that's far-fetched they have you know a guy signed to a two million dollar deal right now behind josh allen something happens to josh allen they, the last thing i want to do is this all this investment that they've made i had to rely on matt barkley to take them to the playoffs is a winston newton joe flacco blake Bortles out of the question i really don't think so i think that it's possible um, if they get the right deal, your deal, that, they, that real solid QB two route like we saw in Ryan Tannehill, a guy that took the lead of the playoffs, so I wouldn't expect it to be as drastic with the Bills. But it's a guy that they really, really need, and we've seen him with the need that 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 really big insurance policy because your team can go to um, go down south really quickly if you don't have that QB two. And Barkley did not do what I. <clears throat> what I was expecting him to do, even though it was a meaningless game in Week 17, I would have liked to see him play a little bit better. Then there's those receivers, just still Robbie Anderson, Rashad Perriman. Um, you know, depending on how far down the list you want to go into the Devin Funches' of the world, Paul Richardson's, um, or if you want to take a flyer on a guy, um, there's there's still some names out there, some lower free agents like Rashad Higgins, a guy I don't personally like, but he's available. Jeronimo Helson's of the world, and then running back. I mean, you can go, uh, we just saw Deion Lewis just sign a one-year deal, but you still have Lamar Miller, Devontae Freeman, and Carlos Hyde, three guys that could the immediate running back too so that's kind of the rundown um, of available players and then tight end has you know Delaney Walker and Jordan Reed and Tyler Eifert still sitting there too so there's some there's some names there.
0: Yeah definitely and and among those names that you kind of stated there's wide receivers that they could look at there's running backs that they could look at um, in terms of spelling you know guys like Devin Singletary Um, but you know it and I know it Kevin it seems as if uh, they're looking to kind of wrap the free agency up a little bit, maybe make a couple moves or two, nothing too crazy, because one thing we know is that the Buffalo Bills have been very active, I think, in this free agency uh, outside of the Stephon Diggs trade. Um, for my money, the, the second best move that the Bills made this free agency period was the signing of A.J. Klein. I really like that move from a leadership standpoint. Everything that he brought to the uh, Carolina Panthers and everything that he brought to the New Orleans Saints, wearing that C really well, being a, a finisher, a punisher at linebacker and a guy that made a lot of second effort shoestring tackles and those are not things that you usually see on that highlight reel but um, on A.J. Klein's highlight reel you do see that effort and that awareness of always knowing where the ball carrier is so if A.J. Klein is, is my kind of diamond in the rough signing this offseason for the Buffalo Bills who, who would your uh, diamond in the rough Buffalo Bills signing be? Uh,
1: I think it's going to be probably a trendy one, but Quentin Jefferson, um, the defensive tackle, uh, hybrid defensive end from the Seahawks, was one of the best in, in win rates in the NFL last year up there. Um, so he's going to be a guy I'm going to be really interested in watching with his versatility. He uh, can pop outside in pass rushing situations. You know, he can do a lot of different things. can pop inside, um, you know, in early downs, really good run stopper, too. I think he's going to be a really solid fit, and I'm going to go as far as saying he could feast underneath this defensive uh, quality and really get you what Jordan Phillips is leaving off. And, and uh, with a healthy Harrison Phillips and now uh, uh, Butler in there as well, uh, I would argue that. And then at Oliver in his second year in his sophomore season, you're, I'm going to argue that that defensive tackles, even though losing Jordan Phillips is a lot stronger um, with, you know, another year under Oliver, healthy. More
0: Harrison depth. Yeah. More depth, depth for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And Jefferson. And, I mean, that's, that's a really good unit. Um We'll see. I mean, it's not, there isn't one like super duper stud yet. It could be Ed, um, but that that is the, that is a really good uh, combo pack package there in, in the interior of that defensive front. And then I'm not even mentioning Star Latula is a guy they restructured because they wanted him here at least
0: another two years. So, right, right. Um, th- yeah definitely definitely a lot of names and a lot of a lot of depth there and a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things in terms of run stuffing or pass rushing and that'll be fun to see how Sean McDermott kind of lets those guys loose you mentioned a name uh Everson Griffin that I kind of wanted to dive into one question that I have really seen repeatedly from Buffalo Bills fans is why is Trent Murphy still on the roster at his cap number eight and a half million um and and If he is still on the roster, could we possibly let him go for an Everson Griffin? Um, I I would say so, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is you don't get an extra bonus for cutting him today. There's Mm -hmm. no bonus for cutting him right now. Um, There isn't any big reason that. I mean, he did play really well toward the end of the season. His beginning of the season was really disappointing for Trent Murphy. I was on that that path. Right. Uh, They signed him off injury the year prior. He was okay this year. Started off really slow. Came on a little bit better. Started really playing better football. So basically, there's no reason, Ryan, that they need to rush cutting him. Um, There's no benefit in doing that tomorrow as compared to after the draft. So I think they're waiting to see what they get in the draft and then waiting to see if they can get a value guy like a Griffin. Um, you know, someone that can directly, you know, they're going to save eight million dollars. They can, if they go and get Griffin for eight million dollars, you know, might as you know, right, right there that Trent Murphy's going to get let go. Right. Uh, if they often wait for the draft. Uh, maybe they don't go defensive. They don't have a defensive end on the board at the time, and they go running back, receiver, running back, corner. Maybe they keep Trent Murphy at that number. I think right now it's there's no rush. There's no reason that they need to cut him and then save that eight million. Um, he's 29 years old. He started to play better down the stretch. You can cut him in the in, in the um, training camp too if you want to save that money and roll it into next year. So there's no hurry on there. right, there's right. No, oh, is
0: right? Right. There's no rush, and when you have some of the moves that they've made, you know they bring in a Mario Addison, which I, I definitely could say is another underrated move. Yeah, Mario Addison might be a little bit long in the tooth for a defensive end, and you know the, those last four seasons in Carolina were remarkable. Um, the we, he might not have another four seasons ahead of him like that, but. In terms of losing a player like Shaq Lawson and, and finding a replacement for him, I feel like Mario Addison is a pretty solid fit for this team and, and for this defense.
1: Yeah, he is, and the only thing that kept him off of my value, I don't he necessarily wasn't a value. He's a good player, and I like what he's going to do in this this defense. But you know, he's making a lot of money—thirteen million up front.
0: Um, right, definitely- right.
1: Um, so really could be a one year, $13 million deal if they want it to be, um, from the three for 30.5 that he did sign officially. So, um, it's, it's an expensive deal. Um, one that they can get out of fairly affordably next year if for some reason he doesn't play well. We might be talking about him instead of Murphy. Um, he's got a $10.2 million cap hit next year and a $4 million dead cap. So right there you can save 6 or $7 million on the cap um, by letting him go. So we'll see. I mean, he's a good player. I really want to see him. They're paying him for his pass rushing ability, a good win right there for him as well. Um, so if he ends the year with four, and four or five sacks, it's not going to be not going to be enough for looking mario addison's a guy we're looking for those sack numbers he wrapped them up in bunches in carolina he isn't a guy where it's going to be jerry hughes where okay he got five or six this year um mario addison's going to be directly signed to get the sack numbers so right. um that's a deal but good player so we'll see how that equals out and by all accounts they were in on shack lawson until the end and Shaq just picked miami by everything i've heard right
0: yes um, so
1: they just rolled that money into their next player, which is Addison. So that's funny. I don't think they necessarily picked Addison over Shaq. I think Shaq may have done the, that for us.
0: Right, and, and Shaq, you know, electing to go with a three-year deal at $10 million a year and, and just go to a new place, kind of get a fresh start. And it's one of those things with Shaq Lawson. You know, I talked about it on, on my podcast that Shaq Lawson, it's kind of like a glass-half-full Career in Buffalo because they brought him in in the last regime and, and he wasn't exactly healthy. He had that shoulder injury that took quite a while for him to come back around and, um, you know, to, to get healthy again. And it was almost as if, you know, the Ed Oliver edition kind of unlocked a little bit of that pass rushing potential that, that wasn't just potential at the collegiate level. Shaq Lawson was a phenomenal pass rusher in, at Clemson. So um, you're hoping, you know, you know, for, for the Miami Dolphins' sake, that that he can unlock that a little bit um, in this three-year deal, and for the Buffalo Bills, you're hoping that Mario Addison can be a short-term solution uh, to a position that is that is so so crucial um, in the uh, in this in this game.
1: Yeah, for sure, Ryan, and I, you, you hit you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I, I think for the Bills' sake, they're hoping that maybe he had his best years or behind him now, with Shaq Olsen. Um so we'll have to see what happens with that uh, I, I, I like the player. I think his money got astronomical. But then at the same time, they went that route with Addison. But the biggest difference, Shaq Lawson got more guaranteed. Although their contracts look the same, the Bills can a- absolutely get out of this deal next year. Right. Where the guaranteed money grew for Shaq Lawson, um, that won't necessarily be the case. with there. he's definitely signed um, through a majority of his deal. So big, big difference in, in guaranteed cash. I mean, the Bills had a lot of extensions to come and a lot of these deals that they signed. Uh, obviously, outside of the the Digs trade, um, they can they can remove these players from their roster. So if one of these players has a really poor year, they all got fairly decent deals. Um, they can um, let any of these guys really go next year if they need the money. There's no one that is cap tied to the Bills, um, really across the board. Um, There's like a yeah. few players, but no one no one's tied to this team long term on the cap for cap purposes. I mean,
0: right? Um, Still with me, Kevin? I'm still here. Yep. Yeah, okay, yeah, cut out a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, to what you were saying as far as the structure, you know, that, that is a, a dynamic in the National Football League that has completely, I think, essentially changed the sports world. You know, we see these deals get announced on Twitter, and it's never, we never know the full details. You, you can retweet, you know, a deal, five years, $25 million, but then, you know, about five, ten minutes later, you get some info that comes out, and it says, well, the, the first year is $10 million up front, and then it's spread out over the next four years or, or whatever. The structure of an NFL contract now, and, and in particular with Buffalo Bills general manager Brandon Bean, it looks as if this guy is like this contract structure wizard, if you will. A guy that can just put some tricks up his sleeve. He's a magician as, as far as his ability to structure contracts for the best interest of the Bills organization.
1: He certainly seems like it, and then you saw today. I mean, the I mean the restructuring, couple numbers going back and forth about how much they saved off of Pat DiMarco. He seems to be. I don't want to use the word nickel and diming, but he did save a uh, uh, paltry four hundred k. Four hundred k, four hundred k. It's. it's I wish I made four hundred k. Yeah,
0: I, I do too. Right about now, especially. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, it's a lot of money to cut off of someone's salary, and feel right. you know, like the need that basically to call up Pat DiMarco's agent and say. Hey man, you're you know at at risk to make this team, Uh, especially at this number. If you take off 400k, (laughs) uh, you'll make the team. So it's it's really interesting that they that's where uh, a spot where they thought to save money. If they're going to start keep continuing to do that, there's names across the board they can do that with. Like Lee Smith makes 3.2 million, only a million at cap hit. Maybe they meet in the middle and say. We'll guarantee you two million. We're certainly not going to pay you three point two, um, but it seems like they're willing to do that kind of stuff here. And um, there's just a few names across Steven Hauschka, three million. I mean. Uh he once again played better toward the end of the year, but just had a bad football year. He did,
0: um, yeah, and that's that's the game, you know. That's 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 a position that could win you a game or lose you a game. You know, we we know that as as Bills fans, and you know, for the for the horrifying you know um, footage that is Super Bowl twenty five, the end of yeah. it, and Stephen Hauschka. I mean, there were games where he just did not look like himself, even on kickoffs. He, he was not yeah. he was not quite there. So I saw your tweet earlier today about. Steven Stephen um being released by the New England Patriots after a 14-year uh, career with New England, which really took me by surprise. Um, yeah. And that kind of goes into my next point. We've seen a lot of movement within the National Football League featuring big names. Obviously, the first one that comes to mind is Tom Brady. And within this free agent market, one thing that I'm always fascinated by is the quarterback market within free agency. And there are some guys out there that are quote unquote trade bait guys like Andy Dalton, guys like Cam Newton that are, you know, I, I could only guess where they go. And at this point, I never thought I'd say Tom Brady would be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So what the hell do I know as far as guessing where these quarterbacks could go? But the fits are few and far between for Andy Dalton and Cam Newton. When you assess the market for Andy Dalton and Cam Newton, what are some of your thoughts?
1: I don't think there's much of one. Right. Um, (laughs) The thoughts are tough because there isn't any. Um, there isn't a good place for them. New England looks to be going the vet route and the, who's played for them in the past. I mean, Brian Hoyer, um, Jared Stidham, they're clearly making you're going to find a, a guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, that they like um, in the draft. It's pretty clear there. Yeah. Um, You know, Bill Belichick's going to be him. I I can't really see a spot for any of them. So, they're going to be backups. I mean, Dalton's going to have to embrace being backup to the number one overall pick. So, I don't know. I I, I don't really have a good spot. I mean, they're going to both most likely have to settle for backup positions. And, I mean, there's a lot of connection with the Bills in Carolina. And we laugh about it, but you can't laugh about it when you go inside Vernon Butler. And you you go inside A.J. Klein and you go, I mean... At some point,
0: Josh Norman. Yep, you know, Josh Norman. <laughs> yep. You know,
1: you're heading your special teams coach. I mean, at some point, it's a thing. And as that locker room clears, it's going to stop being a thing. But one player that was absolutely a cornerstone of what made Brandon Bean maybe in position to be a general manager in this league was early on, at least, hitting on Cam Newton. Right, right. Um, so, and being able to be there for that build of Cam Newton. So, could he come and. and be the mentor and backup to Josh Allen, I don't think it's crazy far-fetched. Is it going to happen? Probably not. Is it it out of the realm of possibilities? No.
0: No, not at all.
1: People say that that, that this was the guy he was compared to. Well, who who more would you want to come in to lead the offense if something ever happened to Josh Allen? Would you want a totally different player in Matt Barkley? Or would you want a really good insurance policy in Cam Newton? I don't know. I think it's possible, So I think a QB2, a high QB2 job is what he's in the market for now. Same with Andy Dalton, but the difference is Cam's going to be in a different place. In Andy... I don't see him moving yeah. at this point. But if it, if it was a move, Ryan, it's to New England. I can't really see.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, and and from. I can't see New England really going out and paying anybody. I mean, Andy Dalton's due to make like eighteen, nineteen million, I believe, um, yep. around yep. there. So they're not paying that. And, and what team is going to trade something away for Andy Dalton? I, I just don't see it. And as well, um, you know, in terms of Cam Newton. The 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 funny thing about this whole quarterback two position, you know, we always hear the fact that the quarterback is the most important position in the game. Well, if the quarterback QB one is the most important position, then I would raise that point and say the QB2 position is the most important backup position yes. and 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 right now you know you look at that bills roster and you see Matt Barkley and we could just take it for what it is Matt Barkley w- was a name coming out of USC drafted in the middle rounds and essentially bounced around the NFL he had that one really good start against the jets um where they they just completely dominated the jets um in the metal lands and he lit the world on fire and yep. then he had some moments where he was thrown into action when Allen got hurt this past season where he just didn't really look too good. And I ask myself this question a lot, Kevin. I say to myself, God forbid if Josh Allen were, go, were to go down you know, three, four, five weeks, could we trust Matt Barkley, even with this offensive roster, even with the new firepower, to, yep. to come in and win two out of four games or, or three out of five games? I don't think so.
1: No, I, I trust him to win a game here or there. Right. Like, the bad roster team that he catches by surprise, could he go one and two, one and three? Yeah, sure. Is he the worst backup quarterback in the league? Probably not. But I'm really disappointed by his performances coming into the game. He played against a good New England team, so I'll give him a scratch there. Um, and then he played against the Jets, and like, yeah, I didn't mean it. It does mean something to the backups, though. I mean, he still was playing against a pretty poor Jets team, and they looked terrible. They um, did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh uh, my god, how bad did they look? Um <laughs> St. Arnold wasn't getting going, like that. did it mean something? No, but it means something to you. I mean, that's how you got this job in the first place, by beating uh, the Jets in a meaningless football game as the backup quarterback. So, like, this game should have been equal, and you should have gone out-balling and put in position that you are the quarterback, two of this team. But instead, you did the opposite, where it's like, okay, we're going to have to write this one off because of how bad this game was. Well, fine, we can do that. But that doesn't make me feel any better if he has to come in in a meaningful game now, not a Week 17 mop-up game, where he has to come in in Week 7 and win a football game to keep this team where it needs to be. I don't trust him. Uh, Do I like him on the roster as a mentor? Could he be a QB 3? Is he maybe worth a roster roster spot with 55 man rosters now yeah sure i don't know that that's that's important on a two million dollar deal and if nothing else like i i want someone that can come in and win me football games i i really think that you know iron sharpens iron and there's no reason to not take up take a chance if something ever happened with dalton or cam newton in the market i mean both of them are on one year so 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 newton's on a one-year 19 million dollar deal and Dalton's on a one-year 17 million dollar deal so it's not like you have to go out and be Crazy, and at the same time, to even take that deal off their hands, I don't know. Maybe you get compensation back. I don't quite know how this works. I don't know if either of them will be released. Around and there's going to be a good opportunity to get a Ryan Tannehill deal out of this, and um, or Nick Foles, and those guys both have done wonders in their organizations that they were as QB twos. Um, right. I I think it's a pretty big need for a team looking to win now or next
0: year. I I would agree. I, I would actually say currently as I look across the Buffalo Bills roster it's one of the most glaring needs that they have. And I've, I've talked to a lot of people about this, whether it's on the air or off the air. And they say, no, they're not going to go really hard in the paint after a backup quarterback. Well, why not? I mean, the one thing that we could say about those glory days that they had was that they had Jim Kelly. And when Jim Kelly was out, they had Frank Reich, yeah. who yeah. was one of the best backups of all time at, in any sport. So, um, you, you definitely have to, look at that as a position and and i and i am kind of with you on the on the whole Stephen goskowski thing and this kind of dives back into the point that i was making a little bit earlier um about new england you know me and um maniac we're, we're talking zach sheldon of train sports as well a colleague of ours and it's like bill belichick is doing his best emperor palpatine I- I impersonation i mean he parts ways with tom brady and whatever the storyline is is what it is the media will hype that up into epic you know an epic storyline but letting go of steven Goskowski, I, I just don't get that one what do you think's going on in new england right now
1: uh, i mean it's rebuilt i don't know i mean, yeah. they're, they're uh, positioning themselves potentially for a top quarterback it's tough tough to say i mean would you say,
0: would you say that would you say they're tank, they're tanking at this point or too uh, early
1: Little too early, just because of how good that defensive backfield is. Still, probably one of the best in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, still, a solid defense, enough to really do some damage. But yeah, I mean that offensive roster is horrible. Outside of Edelman, a little bit of potential in Nikhil Harry. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. how are they going to score points? That's um, that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, how? Yeah, that's really.
1: That's really. That's, I mean, that's not terrible. Like, I mean, they have Sonny Michelle, James White, Brandon Bolden, Rex Burkhead. James Devlin still a good fullback. They traded for Dan Vitale from Green Bay. Um, Damian Harris, draft pick, third round pick last year. I mean, they have some offensive talent. The offensive line seems to always take a hit every year. Um, but it's still okay It's still solid um, But, you know, obviously they don't have a tight end They don't have a quarterback They only have a receiver or two um, I mean, it's a bad It was bad last year under Brady It's even worse this year It's a really, really poor offense um, One that they can't, you know, say Well, Brady can win us any game Yeah, he could um, And he really could Even playing poor uh, you can't say that Jared Stidham's going to win you or Brian Hoyer's going to win you any game. So maybe they go out and trade a bunch of stuff, get up higher in the draft, take one of these guys this year. We don't know that that's not going to happen. Or, right. You know, you're right. Make a move. For, right now they're not looking that way, but make a move for Dalton or Newton. Those are two guys that can start in this league. And if they rebound, both are pretty good under right circumstances. Um, these aren't guys like, you know, you're taking a flyer on like a Jake Locker or something. These guys can win you football games. Yeah. So, um,
0: there's also yeah. yeah, there's also a name out there that is intriguing, and now that Tom Brady is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, uh, Jameis Winston is yeah. is out of Tampa Bay. Um, to sum up Jameis Winston's career, I guess we could say so far he has underachieved, but in my memory, I can't remember a quarterback underachieving while putting up gaudy stat lines. You know, five thousand yards, thirty touchdowns, but then. Thirty interceptions. I've never seen anything like it, Kevin. I really haven't. Um, so as far as you know, a fit for him, I see maybe Washington. Maybe he could come in there, or you know, would New? In- I don't think New England would be a fit. No. you know. No. So yeah, I mean, the the options for New England at quarterback are are really. Uh, I think they will just roll with Stidham and Hoyer, and uh, I don't see them making the playoffs if they do that.
1: Yeah, and I still don't think it's called it's it's. Crazy, far-fetched to see them do something in the draft this year. I don't right. necessarily think that it's one hundred percent going to be like a tank for Trevor Lawrence next year. I think it's very possible that they, you know, they always have picks. You know, they always seem to move around in the draft. They always seem to grab someone falling. Um, I don't count out the fact that with a lot of teams securing the quarterbacks that they at least want. I mean, after, you know, Burrow and Tua going, uh, tu- uh, I mean, there's your Jordan Love, Justin, you know, Herber, who's better than Jake Fromm or J- Jacob Eason as guys that could be a new England. So they, those are all names that I could see them Spending a first or second round draft choice on, if not coming up to get one of those guys at some point in the draft. So those are all names to to watch out for after Miami and since he take their quarterbacks. I I don't know. I I think that there's 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 a lot of room for for additional players. Chicago is going with Mitchell Trubisky versus Nick Foles. I mean, you have a lot of stuff already secured right now. I mean, Indy has two guys right now. I I don't. They could be sitting back there at their own draft pick and say, you know, the third quarterbacks are. We like Jordan Love. We like Justin Herbert. Right. Right. I I don't know. I I don't think that they're going to have to, compared to the year when the Bills needed one, of course, I don't think that New England's going to have to freak out and make a move because I don't have a a rock-solid third quarterback spot right now.
0: Obviously, anyone can but, yeah, th- this quarterback class is different than, than let's just say, 2018 or, or 2012 even. Um, you know, go, going into it, I guess you could say, um, as well.
1: There are two good names in
0: this. So, yeah, for uh, sure. And I mean, the one thing you know on that I know is, is expect the unexpected come draft day. And, yep. and, and something that I've just thought, just, just out of pure speculation, is what if Cincinnati somehow I I I highly doubt it but what if Cincinnati does either pass on Burrow or what if Burrow doesn't go to Cincinnati which he said that he's gonna go there if they pick him but you know just out of pure speculation yeah,
1: I don't think there's any chance but I think uh, a different scenario which is which is which is I don't want to use a word likely, but possible, with Washington having taken one last year. Detroit with Stafford. The Giants having their guy. The one key name here is the, the Chargers are another name. So they're Dolphins and the Chargers at five and six. You have the Dolphins, right. you know, with their mishmash of of Brian Fitzpatrick and the Chargers with Tyrod Taylor. Um, I once again, I couldn't see the two of the names going past that. I mean, a fall would be to a and Burrow going at five and six or something. I mean, right, that would right. be a great fall to me um
0: especially when but, one team has Fitz and the other has tyrod I, ju- I just i just right. you know i can't see that
1: right uh, like carolina feels like they're in good shape obviously arizona is what the heck's jacksonville doing with gardner Minshew? um but then after that i mean there's really no teams that you know you know the raiders are sad the Jets, browns are all sad, 49ers are set. um Tampa could do something because of Brady only on a two year deal. I I don't think that there's any fireworks to happen in this, this draft per se. I don't I don't see a way that either of those guys go past so the crazy scenario that you could brought up would be Burrow going five to Miami. Uh, I don't think I think that if they went you know Young number one overall any team in the league is calling up Washington because Washington's like well we wanted Young now we're trading out Um,
0: or let's just yeah or just let's say sorry to interrupt you or just say like Cincinnati wanted to to trade right. out of that pick if Burrow doesn't want to come, you know, that I don't think uh, that'll happen, but, but it just to play, you know, spe- the speculation game that would just completely blow the roof off of anyone's mind. You know, <laughs> and
1: don't forget that New England was stupid last year, trading Muhammad for Muhammad Sanu for us. Like I don't mind the player, but for a second round draft choice, right? I'm England's sitting there with just pick 23 and just pick 87. And they have a bunch of comp picks, but no picks in between there. Uh they don't have much room. No one's going to take 23 and 87. They're going to be able to get up a little bit. They can't do anything.
0: They they're, can't move around fuck. like they have in years past. No, They can totally
1: yeah. throw next year's draft away. And if they think that two is worth it and want to come up to five overall, and Miami's the beneficiary and they don't like Tua coming off injury and New England trades a 23 at first next year and a third this year, a third next year, whatever the, the case may be, um, similar to like what KC did when we were up um, I, I I could see that happening. I could see that happening for sure. If New England, I think Tua could be a New England guy, and they're willing to wait a year on him. But outside of them pretty much trading the whole rest of their gamut of picks this and next year, and Tua being their guy, New England's in trouble, if, especially right. if they don't like, like a like guy like Dalton.
0: I think if New England were to draft a quarterback, though, I do think that it would be under the thought process that whoever they get... Uh, Quarterback wise, if they draft someone, that would be somebody that Josh McDaniels has like yeah. an over the moon love for because not only will Josh McDaniels be the offensive coordinator still in New England, but I do see him as the successor to Bill Belichick.
1: Yeah, he is. Yeah, one hundred percent. If it is a guy, obviously, it could be Burrow. He's not going to go past one, and even in a scenario, he doesn't go past two. Um to- to attack of Viola, though, could be the guy that McDowell's like, let's go and get. I mean, I think he could be a perfect fit for the style of offense he runs. um That's the only matchup I really have no interest in New England getting. They get a Love or a Herbert or Eason
0: or Fromm and they stay there at 23, whatever. Right. Um, Good for
1: you. There might not, there might be an opportunity to just stay put and draft whatever one of those is your favorite.
0: But you would uh, be fearful if they to got go. to. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. yeah, yeah, I would too. And and it's mainly because he can just spread the ball around so well. He's got that quick release, and he's a quarterback that plays big in big moments. And, and you know, it, him being linked, him meaning uh, Bill Belichick being linked to Nick Saban and the working relationship yeah. that they had. I mean, I'm sure. Those conversations have been had between the two of them. Oh, how was was Tua looking today? Oh, you got a, a talented quarterback. You know, I'm sure Bill Belichick has been in his ear, but they have to jump
1: Miami, right? Miami Chargers five six for sure. They have to hit
0: the three yeah, or four. they would they have, have to. to. Yeah, and, I mean, in terms of. The state of the Patriots, too. I mean, it really just goes to show you that I really think Tom Brady was the glue that held that team together for so long. I mean, all the players coming in and out over the last twenty years, and all the players even recently that have retired—guys like Rob Gronkowski, um, Edelman is is not what he once was, even you know three, four years ago. And and Brady is still was was still the main constant now that he's out of the picture it's almost like it's it's a free for all in New England and Bill Belichick is just saying all right we're hitting the reset button and we'll we'll be back in a couple years maybe hopefully next year for them but it's just fascinating how bill belichick said to himself even you know 2 3 years ago reportedly that this was going to happen in 2020 that the the separation between Brady and Belichick was was basically in the works for for years even prior to their last Super Bowl win which i find pretty fascinating
1: yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, was a big sticking point there. They traded him away. would love to have him now. Um, right. So I think that was kind of the, the, the beginning of the end for that that team. Um, so I, it's good to see. I mean, outside of the only scenario where I'm not happy, if they trot out Dalton, I'm not super happy because he always plays well against Buffalo. He does, but, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It's and Tua. and I like him. I don't. I don't want a quarterback that I like to go to the Patriots. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I don't, I'd don't I'd want that. Not
1: have Dalton or Tua. If anyone else trots out there, I don't think they're going to go to Winston. I don't think. I don't think they're going to have any chance at Burrow. Um, that leaves like Cam Newton. I don't want to see Cam Newton twice a year, but I'd like that over.
0: uh, Yeah, and uh, and one guy that I really thought they would kick the tires on just from a free agent, low-risk, high-reward move that got gobbled up pretty quickly, actually, was um, Marcus Mariota. Now, I know he didn't really do too well in Tennessee. But yep. Bill Belichick likes to kind of take those reclamation projects and see and you know see what he can do, um, but he got scooped up quick by the Las Vegas Raiders, which I found to be really interesting and Jason Witten also went to the Las Vegas Raiders, so there was just a lot of really weird. Moves where I don't know what Las Vegas is doing to be honest. Yeah, I, and that was kind of my next point. Is some teams you can see a vision with Buffalo, you see a vision. They go out and they get a wide receiver one and Stephon Diggs. They go out and add pieces to that defense and and fortify it and make it stronger than it already is, which I really expected them to do, but I think they did even better than I thought they would. And then you have the Las Vegas Raiders, where they go out and they sign Mariota to compete with Carr, and they're they're bringing in players where they they don't necessarily need competition, and it just seems like they don't like Derek Carr.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everything's in the writing. I thought that he would be the New England fit, to be honest, but I'm glad that he's not available. Um, I... I don't know what their vision is. They go and get them competition. I mean, they continue to try to do it. They drive with Glennon, you know, Nathan Peterman and Deshaun Kaiser. They trade for last year, both of them. Um, Marcus Mariota is there now. I mean, the Jason Witten and they signed Nick O'Leary. Not, you know, he's not uh, been great, but just some, some random signings. Nelson Aguilar signed there, trade for Zay Jones. Right. Um, drafted Hunter Renfro. It's an interesting squad to me. It's just a bunch of mishmash players. Uh, I did like the pick in Josh Jacobs. I do think that the Bills were interested in Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Obviously, they ended up with Singletary, so it's all good. But I do think that he was. One of their top choices, I
0: think. yeah, yeah. He I was, think was someone that they looked at for sure. I mean, they they needed that running back, and and Josh Jacobs. What a hell of a story. I mean, yeah. I, I think if anybody deserved an award, it was him, and he didn't get Rookie of the Year, and, and Kyler Murray did Offensive Rookie of the Year. That is, and I, I thought that was crazy. You know, he, he's the first thousand yard rusher in Raiders history, which says a lot, given that you had Marcus Allen for that team. Um, and and I th- thought, well, first thousand yard rusher in, as a rookie. I believe it was so just the fact that they brought him in and, and they moved their offense around him I, I really enjoyed that but I'm pretty happy with Devin Singletary
1: but in return they're the reason that we have at Oliver because they went and drafted Cleland Farrell uh, right. early which you know he's been, he, he had his moments no one ever thought he'd go that he got four and a half sacks last year so good for him um, could still be okay um, but you know he was pretty much in all the scenarios the Bill's uh, wanted he was th- this team was the outlier for them they needed them to take someone that would keep that Oliver on the board and they did um, so although they didn't help us out in the Jacobs front, I don't think the Bills even thought Jacobs might go that high um, right. but you know there's some ebb and flow here and, and uh, they helped us in the first round with that Oliver so I don't know I'm not scared of that team and I'm just glad they're holding they should just sort of cut bait and gotten a pick for Derek Carr probably could have gotten a fairly decent one Right. Um, but Instead, they're building them around random players, not helping out the defense really much.
0: Um, yeah, just a, I mean, just a, a know, hodgepodge. Doing. Yeah, just a hodgepodge of players, a mishmash, like you said, and <laughs> that's the best way to describe it. As far as uh, the last point, I definitely want to make. As far as um, the, the Buffalo Bills go, um, that second round selection, th- there are more eyes on it. On th- there are. So many eyes on this second-round pick that, you know, I think in comparison to any other second-round pick in the NFL, Bills fans are now keying in on that second-rounder now that it's the first pick in this 2020 draft for them, being that the first-round pick was sent away for Stephon Diggs. I definitely have a theory on what they'll do with that second-round pick, but I'd really love your take, and then I'll throw mine out there to end the show.
1: (sighs) It's really hard for me to believe they're not this could change based quickly I guess but right. it's really hard for me to not think that they're looking at running back um, to not think that they're going to go the route of whatever the best talent on the board is if Jonathan Taylor goes first and DeAndre Swift or J.K. Dobbins Cam Akers um, it's tough for me to not want one of those top four guys if they're not available I mean I, I don't see an edge that jumps out to me that late they're all pretty much top 40 guys that would make sense would be corner then, I guess, you know, they could go and pair up Diggs with his brother, Trevon Diggs, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Bryce Hall from Virginia. There's some really good, lanky, lean corners. um,
0: Those are the guys that McDermott likes.
1: Yep. He likes the lanky. From Ohio State. There's some names there that they could really be into. Jalen Johnson from Utah, some names that could really go in that right range. Corner seems to be fairly decent in the middle here, so running back is, to me, what they're looking at I don't envision them doing anything else I don't but it's the, this is such a deep receiver class that if you know any of these guys that they were really interested in Chase Claypool you know KJ Hamler um, you know Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State you know Chernol Falls Justin Jefferson I don't know who's going to go going to go where but right i don't like how any of this deep class if someone someone's there you know in the 50s
0: right and that's kind of where my head is at as well you kind of took the words right out of my mouth i really have my eyes on um on taylor and Dobbins acres as well i really feel like any one of those three or even the fourth you know name that you mentioned i, I like those three guys though when i watch their tape they're just they they would fit and, and complement Singletary really well in my opinion. Uh, DeAndre yeah. Swift was the fourth one. I actually think Swift might be gone by then, but if he's still there, that would yeah. be a, a huge blessing because I think he probably is the the top back, maybe the second best back in this class. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, yeah, Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan Taylor. One of those one of those four guys would be essential to making this offense. For lack of a better term, great again. I mean, let's let's just call a spade a spade. This offense has not been that great in Bill's recent franchise history. There was a stretcher, I remember back in the day with Drew Bledsoe, where they went like seven or eight weeks without scoring a touchdown. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of ebbs and flows, as you said, um, as there are in the draft, but in terms of this offense, on paper... We can only hope that they make this offense even better than they already have with the addition of Stephon Diggs and the line overhaul that they went through last year. And obviously cornerstone offensive players like Josh Allen and and Devin Singletary were essential and were massive for Buffalo. So onward and upward, I'm really excited to see how the rest of this offseason shakes out for the Bills and how this offseason shakes out uh, for the rest of the National Football League.
1: And there's no better way to pair a $800,000 Singletary with a $1 million player like Taylor Swift, Dobbins, Akers, or even another third-round pick if they wait on like a Clyde edwards or Zach Moss, um, right. a couple other good they could get in the third round. I don't see them leaving day two with their two picks uh, without a running back um In in either of those two selections I think that they'll come away with one of those top five or six players there um, And even trade up into. They love to trade up into the deep parts of the second or early third So I can definitely see them doing so again Um, They don't really have a ton of roster spots So even with the picks that they do have left I could see them moving another four, or number there are four, or five, or six um, to make to make moves around in third or second round too. If they're if they going to come out with two two rock solid players, that might be the best that they're going to be willing to do in this draft, especially with the roster being as deep as it is. So, so Ryan, I think that it's possible um, that I think running backs, the selection outside of something changing here quickly, um, right. and would knock that them taking a shot at one of these great receivers to add. You know, we'll call. It, they don't have Isaiah McKenzie. Let's call it what it is. They have three good receivers on this roster. Mm-hmm. Um, three
0: obvious but, receivers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One injury
1: though, and, and you're back to where you were last year. Right. Um, so why not with this really deep class? Maybe the reason they traded this pick away was they were like, well, the difference between T Higgins, who's going in the late first, and Jefferson, and and Chanel, and Nayuk, and Mims, yep. and, 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 and Regar, and, and Hamler. Um, there's not much
0: They would have been let's, reaching let's get, Yeah, they would have been reaching maybe they, Let's get the same guy with our second round pick and Diggs Right, right They would have been reaching essentially If they would have just stayed there And and they wanted Stefan Diggs And, and I, I definitely agree as to the reasons that they, that as to why they did want him, you roll that highlight film and you see the type of player he is, the route runner he is. He's just so fun to watch, and he's going to be fun to watch. Hopefully, as the season starts on time amid this uh, COVID nineteen crisis and everything, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we can get this going at the on the right on the right track. So, Kevin, as always, it's a pleasure. I'm glad we get this first episode of the Crowd Assist Podcast out there to the uh, fans of football, and obviously to the diehard best fans On earth, the Buffalo Bills fans, the Bills mafia. Thanks for coming on with me, and we'll be back next week, right?
1: Yeah, sounds good. And once again, thanks for tuning in to the revamped new um, revamped, I guess is a good word,
0: right? New (laughs) revamped, uh, re re energized, I guess you could say. Yeah.
1: So we'll be bringing you the cap um, once a week for now until there's more breaking news or reasons to go further. Uh, do more shows than that but gonna bring you this content and hopefully hopefully the league still happens and training